Paleo Hackers. What is up? My name's Clark. I host the Paleo Hacks podcast, have been for two years. And look, we got tons of great content on this podcast, but we got even more on the blog. Head on over to paleohacks.com. We got a form over there. Post and answer your questions. I mean, there's people who are giving you novels on a, on a single question. So really take advantage of that. And uh, it's a great troubleshooting area. Get you healthier. Today we got Krista Orecchio coming on the show, talk about candida and cleansing and you know those things when you're walking by and you see these detoxes, well what the heck does that even mean? How do you detox? More specifically your gut. Can your gut really be the cause of a lot of mood and anxiety disorders? And where does caffeine come into that? Real interesting conversation. Of course, if you head on over to YouTube, we got the video posted over there as well. Um, While you're on YouTube, if you search for Clark Danger, you come up with all my videos. I do more life coaching stuff over there. Really quick tips under 10 minutes, under 5 minutes, under 3 minutes, some of them, um, that I always leave you with an action step. And so I'd appreciate you checking it out. It's what I'm trying to do full time. Anyway, Clark at PaylorHacks.com is always the place to reach me at. You ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go see what my girl Krista Orecchio has to say. All right, Paleo Hackers, welcome back. Video podcast. Today we got Krista Orecchio. She is a clinical nutritionist and holistic health counselor at The Whole Journey. Krista, thanks for coming on the show. Clark, thank you for having me. I love talking about these things. I, uh, speaking of love, I love the feng shui you got going on in your house. It's very zen, very uh-huh. peaceful. I get a good energy from it. Thank you. It's so important, your home environment, isn't it? It is. Uh, and I moved around one year like four different times. And I was just talking to someone in the sauna about it, that every time you move, mm-hmm. it kind of turns your world upside down. And it's so much easier uh, to make changes once you move and once you change your environment, I think... Um, and, you know, everyone kind of gets negative about moving and, and their home environment or whatever, putting it in boxes and, and shipping it other places. But it's it's kind of a fun, exhilarating shift at times. Have you ever gotten that? Yeah, I agree with you. It's cathartic, kind of a fresh start. You get to start again. I really like decorating. So then you can redecorate. And, yeah. You know, your home kind of reflects who you are, what you're into, where you are in your life. And so... Yeah, I'm all for making positive changes every now and then. What what stores do you shop at? Kind of looks like a mix of a no, like IKEA, Pottery Barn esque. Uh, West Elm. West Elm, and then good one. yeah, we have a design district here in Solana Beach, and so oh. a lot of my stuff is uh, reclaimed wood. I like the whole um, idea of recycle. Like I have you know an old boat recycled into a side table, an old train tracks recycled into a coffee table, yeah. and like that rustic look. Okay. My recycling consists of goodwill, but that's one <laughs> day now, I'll get now, one day I'll get the boat. <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. Well, Krista, thanks for coming on the call. I mean, we're excited. Uh, I'm excited to really tap your brain. I know you have tons going on on your blog and tons going on in health. And um, anytime you reach the point of where people can Google you and kind of get your name synonymous with what you do, you've obviously done something pretty remarkable there but i'm I'm just curious was it always that way were you always miss health queen with holistic health and did you grow up that way or did did you have some breakthrough or something that really shifted your mindset 
Right. Yeah. I think that most of us in this field that are so dedicated to it as a labor of love and a passion, it's because we've kind of risen up from the ashes from our own health issues. And, you know, we're going to talk about candida today. And Clark, I've had one of the worst cases that I have ever seen. So I always say I'm from New Jersey originally, and I say I was raised on pizza, pasta, and antibiotics. So um, regardless, you know, it goes without saying that I didn't really enjoy good health until I was like 23 or 24. I was tired all the time. I had digestive problems, that classic low thyroid adrenal fatigue and candida or digestive issues. It's that functional medicine triangle. And I had it going on. I didn't really have a chance. I was immune to amoxicillin. I don't know if you know that antibiotic, but I was immune to it by age six. Hmm. So um, I had to do a lot of repair and cleanup work on my health. And when I did, I felt like a totally different person. And so, of course, I caught the bug and got out of international relations, which was my prior career, and said, this is my life's work, and I'm going to be committed to helping other people achieve the same thing that I did. So that's okay. the abbreviated version. Yeah. So what were you feeling when you were before 23, before 24? Kind of set it up for the listener. Were you having just intense low energy swings, or what did low thyroid, candida, and being allergic to antibiotics, uh, what did that all kind of feel like? Yeah, and so I'm sure a lot of a lot of your listeners can really resonate. It's that I could not start my day, even as a teenager, without a huge cup of coffee because the mental fog, like waking up with no energy, and so really needing that to to get going. And my friends were always doing all these sports after school, and I would just want to kind of come home and watch Oprah, you know, because I didn't really have the energy for for all that. And so you're tired, you're not sleeping well at night. You don't have good cellular energy and constipation is just such a huge issue. If you're not eliminating toxins on a daily basis, you can't feel healthy. And just the brain fog is almost debilitating. It's, it's, you feel like a shell of a person. You don't have that vitality. Mm. And so what were, how did you kind of restore that then? I guess the abbreviated version, what did you start like adding in or taking out or, or shifting and how long did all that take? I mean, that's kind of two questions there, but I guess to focus on the first part of it, what did you change besides just eliminating some caffeine or, or nutritional? Like what lifestyle changes did you have to make? Well, well, for me, you know, it was a long journey, hence the name of my company, The Whole Journey. It's mind, body, and spirit. And so it really, it took me a while. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. So I lived like this until my early 20s, until I took this workshop that kind of the light, the light bulb went off and I got rid of caffeine. I got rid of sugar, right? Because when you have candida overgrowth, you're craving sugar. The cravings are bigger than you. You're going to get in your, you know, go out to 7-Eleven in your pajamas at 11. 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night to get something sweet. You know, that's an organism bigger than you living inside of you craving to stay alive. And so um, once I cut out sugar and caffeine, my whole world started changing. I balanced my blood sugar, made sure I ate regular meals that were balanced, protein, carb, and fat. But it really wasn't until maybe five or six years after that. But I really started digging into candida and understanding the organism and really really, you know, embracing Hippocrates, the father of natural medicine, 3,000 years ago, he said, he said, all disease begins in the gut, right? 
All disease mm. begins in the gut. And so I really, that light bulb went off and I said, okay, I'm going to figure out this organism because I would go to a Western doctor and I would take the, you know, the antifungals, feel better for a little while, yeah. then feel worse again. And so it was never this permanent healing that happened. So I just dove in and studied this organism every which way from Sunday. So um, I'm my own lab rat and guinea pig. And so unfortunately, I had to go through the candida cleanse three times to yeah. figure out for others and my clients. So how can they go through it once and get permanent healing kind of from the ground up? And we're going to talk about candida and kind of everything you touched on, but I really want to set it up for the listener. I'm just, and for myself, I'm just curious, you know, what did it feel like? How good did it feel to go from kind of that lethargic, drag yourself out of bed, cup of coffee, watch Oprah, um, even though Oprah is a very <laughs> feel good. I, I get a good cry whenever Oprah comes on. Just us. I can see that about you, Clark. Yeah, Thank you. Good. I do too. So Good. Well, I went to her live event with my mother. Um, really? Yeah, Where? I took the moms. We went to Oprah when she was in Seattle. Huh, and, that's uh, fantastic. I was the only under 30 male in the room. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of interesting conversations with middle-aged women. But um, the question I was getting at was, how good did it feel to go from that low-energy place to that high-energy place and that gradual filling yourself up again, feel, feeling the, like the gas tank is getting refilled instead of drained. Was, what kind of shift was that like? Did it spark anything else? Like, um, describe that, that steady incline for our listeners out there who are maybe in that low-level energy. Right, right. It changes the entire manner of your existence. And you know, as a, as a life coach, of what you choose to do with your energy, you become someone completely different because you now have access to your creative potential. You're not just stuck in survival mode trying to get through the day. You go from stressed or exhausted to thriving. So, but it's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. There's no panacea, you know, which we'd all like there to be, but just slow and steady shifts of, huh, I can think straight. I don't need as much coffee. Oh, I don't feel easily irritated or frustrated like I used to. You know, my blood sugar is stabilizing. Then all of a sudden, your genes fit differently. You start losing weight and you you gain a strength because you're losing it in a way that you know stems from true health. It's not a fear of something, okay... I'm trying something, but what if it comes back? It's it's the process of building health. It's a foundation of which to live the rest of your life from. So, you know, for me, it was very subtle, such a mental, emotional shift. Mm. And it basically is like going from black and white to full color. You know, if you're watching TV in black and white, and then all of a sudden full color, it's like life can be totally different. And there's five or 10 more levels higher of what we can be experiencing than, you know, at any given point in time. I think most people, and correct me if this is what you don't see or or see in your work, but definitely in my work, we we go through life and we just kind of settle. We uh, settle out of defaults, you know, whether it be our default relationship, our default job, um, our default mindset, our default health. And we just kind of accept that eh, this is how it is and uh, might as well make the best of it but sometimes what you're saying is in our health you know we don't need to settle we don't need to settle for that five o'clock feeling where we need a five-hour energy shot and they've somehow made a business on that feeling 
um, you know, we don't we don't need to settle for that low energy lifestyle where we're dragging ourselves out of bed and uh, taking all these different teas and melatonins to go to sleep at night, or or you know, we're on that constant seesaw of good feelings and bad feelings and almost like a low level bipolar based on what we eat. We don't need to settle for that. We can have a more sustainable approach. Yes, absolutely. And why wouldn't you choose that? I think most people don't choose it because they don't know that it's available to them. And it's about breaking that cycle. We get stuck in habits. I think it was uh, Franklin Covey. He said, the certainty of misery is more comfortable for people than the misery of uncertainty. And it's like we get stuck in these habits and the pattern and it's just what we do, but you need a pattern interrupt. Right, we I like that have one. A pattern uh, and and even for me, I go out to the desert. I just got back twice a year. I take seven days. I do a cleanse. I go off the grid. I'm not online, and you get a chance to kind of reset and listen to your own inner voice. I'm all about teaching a man how to fish instead of giving a man a fish so that it lasts. And so we need to hit the pause button every now and then to yeah. to have bird's eye perspective on what's really possible for. Not only our health, but our life. Love it. I'm still uh, caught up on that quote. Can you say it again? I love that one. Yeah, I love that one too. That that most people are more comfortable with the certainty of misery than the misery of uncertainty. Because we're that much, you know, creatures of habit. Well, even though this sucks, at least you know it. It's familiar and it's comfortable. And speaking to what you said about relationships or staying in a career that doesn't work for you. It's like... Yeah, to avoid the uncertainty, if we can change that word into possibility, it might have a more positive connotation. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And I think when people in health, it's almost scary to make those changes or we rationalize and we say, oh, it's too hard to eliminate caffeine and or it's too hard to go to bed by 10 or it's 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 too hard to eat all greens because, you know, I got friends that go out and I want to go out with them. And, you know, we got to live a little. It's social. And we kind of make these rationalizations where some of them might be true. Yeah, you should be able to go out and enjoy yourself and find that balance for yourself. But that shouldn't stop you from getting motivated to make a majority of the changes you want to make. Right. It's not all or nothing. I'm all about an 80-20 approach. I mean, during my candida cleanse, there's not so much 80-20 because you're, you're on a mission. But in life, yeah, you want to enjoy those things and and your friends and have a glass of wine every now and then, go out for coffee. But it's about using things in the spirit of celebration or the spirit, you know, necessity. And we don't want to have those addictions. And it's just maybe taking two or three days on a weekend to break the cycle, you know, let your body sleep, let don't have any responsibilities for a couple of days, get the alkalinity going, drink your lemon water, because you have to start to shift your biochemistry before those choices become natural choices and not, okay, I'm really fighting to get those greens in because they don't even sound tasty at all. It's like, let your body work for you. It's like a positive whirlpool moving in the right direction. Right, right. I love that analogy. So when it, we've been hitting on a lot of topics and kind of, I guess, mentally preparing yourself to make changes, but let's actually start talking about the changes. It sounds like you had a big candida problem and some people at home watching this or listening to this, don't even know what that means. That's a foreign word. And they've heard us say it 20 times and they're like, what is candida? <laughs> Are they ever going to get to it? Are they ever going to oh, get to it? Yeah. So okay. let's, let's get to it. What is candida? So candida is an opportunistic 
yeast. And it lives in the intestinal tract. You know, you have it, I have it. It's no different for men or women, you know, contrary to popular belief. And it's helpful when it's in balance. We need good guys and bad guys within our immune system, within our gut, to challenge our immune system. The bad guys challenge it, keep it on its toes, and the good guys maintain equilibrium. But if you've even taken one one full multi-spectrum round of antibiotics in your life and who hasn't mm. and you haven't repopulated at the same time with your good probiotics, you haven't taken yeast eating strains of probiotics and you haven't done a little bit of leaky gut or intestinal lining work concurrently to balance out the antibiotics, then this yeast Candida albicans can grow and it becomes out of balance and that's when it becomes a problem. And when this yeast becomes out of balance, then all of a sudden, and the longer it goes, the worse it is. The more toxic it becomes because it secretes more and more metabolic waste. You know, down the line, it can split off into fungus. It can be down the line, turn into SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And it can secrete metabolic poisons as toxic as nail polish remover. So that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this because you need to know where you are. Some people if you don't even know it exists, like how can you improve it, right? Sure, sure. So here's the thing, Clark, you know, then you all of a sudden you start getting these sugar cravings and the mental fog comes in because now your gut bacteria is compromised so it can't manufacture your B vitamins which you're going to feed your brain and give you energy. Here's the start of adrenal fatigue. When you have candida overgrowth, your inactive thyroid hormone T4 cannot convert to the active thyroid hormone T3. Here's where hypothyroidism begins. So you see it starts in the gut and like it starts to bring the whole system down. So hormonal imbalance starts in the gut. Okay. And so um, with that candida overgrowth, I know there's a lot of symptoms people would be feeling, but what are some major ones aside from just uh, low energy and, and kind of all, all that stuff? Like what, what would the person be feeling who has any number of extreme candida overgrowth? So you're going to be feeling sugar cravings, those intense sugar cravings, intense brain fog to where you feel like there's a screen over you, like you just can't mentally pull it together no matter how hard you try. Mm -hmm. Even if you drink the caffeine, it's, it's like you're revving the gas and the brakes at the same time. Um, that's that kind of a feeling. The constipation, telltale sign, a white coating on the tongue. Um, skin breakouts that just won't go away, that's usually mm. connected to your digestive health. And um, it can be anything from insomnia. And then when you were talking about the whole bipolar feeling with yeah. your moods toggling back and forth between anxiety and depression, that's very real. And I went through that for you know, four or five years, you know, not knowing that candida and digestive health was at the root of it. Because we produce so much of our feel-good neurotransmitter serotonin in the gut, about 80% of it. So why wouldn't we you know, suffer mentally and emotionally if we have uh, candida overgrowth? So 80% in the gut. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. it, so our gut health, I mean, this is kind of reiterating a point we've heard before, but it's really important. Our gut health affects our overall health and especially our mental state. When you're talking about 80%, it's, all, it's the second brain people have called it, correct? 
Yeah, exactly. The second brain. And in our world, we talk about that all the time is that, you know, the gut brain connection is really everything. And so somebody comes to me, they've been on antidepressants for 20 years and they want to get off of them. I'm going to go to their gut health first. Sure. Once we heal their gut health, we'll look at their hormones. We'll look at their brain chemistry. We'll replenish the neurotransmitters in the brain. But if you do it in reverse, then it's just a bandaid. You're going to have to go back and do that same work, you know, a year or two years down the line. We've heard a lot about healing the gut, and it's kind of a hot ticket item these days. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things get looped in there. We got leaky gut, we got candida, we got probiotics. You know, talk about antibiotics comes in. What's going on down there? What What do we really mean when we're talking about healing the gut? Yeah, let's let's make that really simple for all your listeners and break it down into five steps because it's too all over the place. What should I do and when should I do it? But the right. process is really important. Now, before I even go into those five steps, Clark, I want to give your listeners an easy, free DIY way to test if they have candida at home. Okay. Now, keep in mind, I've been in private practice for 10 years. So this is an easy free test, and I've run it in tandem with the antibody test, with blood work, with saliva, with stool tests, and 90% of the time, it's accurate. So I always suggest that people start here. So here's what you do. You going to do this maybe next week? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. So you get a glass of water. You fill it about halfway. You want to have about four or six ounces of water. And first thing in the morning when you wake up, before you eat or drink anything, before you brush your teeth, you work up a dime-sized amount of saliva and you spit in the glass. Okay. And I want to know, does that saliva grow legs, you know, like coming out from it? That means the yeast is out of balance or does it sink to the bottom, which is like, whoa, there are more of them than you and you got to take care of this. That was me. It was a big sinker for a lot of long time. Or if it stays floating on top, candida is not your problem, but you can still address so many other aspects of gut health. Whoa. Okay. Why does it do that? Real quick, I know you're on the, the five-step thing, but I'm curious on this one. Why does it sink to the bottom or grow legs? Yeah, it's the density of what's happening with your mucous membranes of what the yeast and the weight of the yeast, how it will drag it down. But there's two caveats there so that you get a true positive reading. I mean, an accurate reading okay. is you can't have dairy for the six days that you're testing because that will act just like yeast and it'll be heavy and it'll give you false positive if you it thickens your mucous membranes. We're trying to go through the saliva to see how thin or thick they are naturally. And the other thing is you have to stay hydrated because dehydration could give you false a false positive as well. Okay. And we do that in the morning first thing? Yep. In the morning, just keep a pen and a piece of paper in the bathroom for six days and record your results. Okay. If, you're, if you grow legs, you sink more than three days of those six days. And this is something you should really consider. Okay. And what's number two? What's the second way? Okay. So that was kind of like number zero, right? That's the assessment phase. And then the first, first step to gut healing is to slash inflammation. So that's when we talk about having less caffeine, having less sugar, eliminating gluten, eliminating dairy. And we start to use a number of different enzymes to clean up what's going on in the body. So we use digestive enzymes to help people start to be able to use the nutrients from their food, to take the burden off of the other digestive organs like the pancreas and the liver that might be having a hard time because the system's a little backed up. But then we also use something called proteolytic enzymes. I don't know if you've heard of them, Clark. I've heard of enzymes, not proteolytic ones. No. 
Okay, so that's like number two enzymes, and they act more like systemic enzymes. So they're like a vacuum cleaner where they're going to go up throughout the body and scavenge, you know, mm. excess scar tissue and, and, and things that don't belong and cut inflammation and process it through the bowels. Okay. And then we also want to use something called hydrolytic enzymes, you know, which is something that's going to go in and start to clean up. Like after you digest your food better, it's going to start to clean up what doesn't belong in the digestive system. So diet, really important, getting those anti-inflammatory spices in like turmeric and ginger. I love using aloe, you know, having people get on bone broth. You know, I have, have them do a bone broth fast for a couple of days to help start the healing process, cut inflammation, starve the bad bacteria. Yeah. So you want to get inflammation under control is step one. And step two is purge the pathogens. So purge these guys. And it's never just about candida, you know. We could have protozoa, maybe we have worms, maybe we have, you know, a whole number of things, other bad bacteria um, that just kind of is par for the course. You know, within yeah. candida, when you, split, when you split it open, there's heavy metals in there. When you split it open, you find underlying viruses in there. And so what we have to do is purge the pathogens by breaking up their forts. Just like we need homes to protect us, they build homes inside the intestinal tract in the way of forts called biofilms. And so we need to use a really carefully crafted cocktail of antifungals and herbal botanicals to start to break up the those forts so that we can start to eliminate the pathogens from the body. Okay. Got it. So it's more of a reduction of, it's an anti-inflammatory approach, that second step. Yeah, well, the first is you're just kind of making it easier on the body with diet um, and, you know, and lifestyle by eliminating certain foods, adding in certain foods to get rid of inflammation. And then you really get rid of the bugs, you know, the guys that are dragging you down. It's like you have to do it in layers so that you don't go into healing crisis. Okay. So you're right. When you get rid of pathogens, you're getting rid of, you know, the root cause of inflammation. So this is this is a pretty intense uh, process then it, it totally changes a lot of things in someone's life in terms of diet in terms of lifestyle like they can't just keep doing the same things and take this magic pill or this magic supplement they got to really commit to this five-step change process yeah as much as i wish there was you know we're a convenience oriented society and we want that quick fix but you know the diet industry is a billion dollar industry because diets don't work and there is no panacea but yet we keep going back for that and it's it's an excavation process and it, it you can't cleanse physically without cleansing mentally and emotionally and creating a new belief system around valuing who you are valuing your health enough to take care of yourself instead of looking at it like oh i can't eat this for this long or i have to be on this health program it's no i love myself enough to rejuvenate my entire system has so, to be a belief i cut you off so what was the third step were we on number three yeah, so once you get rid of the pathogens, you have to reseed with good bacteria. And so this is the coolest part because, you know, a lot of people, when you were saying, oh, do I take the probiotics? Do I do this? Do I do that? But the steps are important, Clark, because I, I always say you can't plant flowers in a junkyard. You know, you have to go and do some weeding right. before you start to planting those seeds. Otherwise, it's going to be too chaotic in there and it's going to be kind of like open warfare in the microbiome. So we add in 
in specific strains of probiotics. We add in what's called lactobacillus. We add in bacillus. We have to add in, you know, many different strains of probiotics because they all do different jobs. Some of them are going to prevent pathogens from coming back. The other ones are going to shepherd out toxins from the body. And the other ones are going to really help manufacture the vitamins that you need so you don't have to take supplements forever. So it's really doing a reseeding process. And you're, if you do it right, you can. this is where the whole self-actualization piece comes in because it helps you reach your genetic potential. Okay. And I know that's a really big statement to make, but based upon where you're originally from, where I'm originally from, if, you, if you're originally from Italy or Asia or Mexico, you might have three to 500 strains of probiotics that are inherent to your genetic makeup. You can't buy those three, 500 strains in a house food store and take them, but you can take enough strains like a starter log. And if you do this process, you re-educate your entire immune system so that it learns how to make those strains inherent to you from the air that you breathe, from the water that you drink, from the food that you eat. It's like this human body is unbelievably intelligent and amazing if we just honor and respect that process. Well, we're all unique. And so to think that there's going to be a catch-all supplement probiotic, especially when you look at the back of those things and they say made with billions of probiotics, that's billions with a B, like a thousand millions. And there's like 50 billion in some of those uh, really over-the-counter strong probiotics that you have to refrigerate or something like that at a whole food section. Uh, you know, it, even if we only have three to five hundred, I mean, it's so it would be so hard to pinpoint Krista's three to five hundred versus Clark's three to five hundred versus Monica's, Jessica's, Claire's, you know, Brian's, whatever. Um, that you just kind of have to, in a way, shotgun approach it, and hopefully you get those three to five hundred in there. Is that kind of what you're saying? Is 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 take enough, take a lot, so the guesswork's eliminated. Yeah, yeah. So, but exactly. That's a great way to say it is that you're taking enough. It's not necessarily about how many billion you can take. You'll be taking anywhere from 50 billion to um, all the way up to 400. And so, right, and it's and it's using maybe between eight and thirteen different strains, just kind of like a starter log. And then maybe you know Clark's going to take these three and run with them, and then my body's going to take these four and run with them. And then you're just going to start to create your own equilibrium based upon what your body's needs are. So I think you think you nailed that concept pretty well. Okay, cool. Because yeah, the whole probiotics thing kind of. Um, it's a hot, again, a hot ticket item these days. You know, people are doing their kombuchas and their sauerkrauts, or maybe they're even taking an over the counter probiotic, or they have a special kind of uh, kefir that they're fermenting, or even a yogurt, you know. Um, and so, before we move on to the next step, while we're on probiotics, where do those come into play in terms of, you know, fermented foods and sauerkrauts and, or even kombuchas now, or over the counter probiotics? Where do those play into this approach? I'm so glad you asked me that question because I almost forgot to bring it up. And so this goes when we're talking specifically about candida, you know, fermented foods are amazing for gut health and they can be your long-term food as medicine without having to take probiotics, but not Mm. when you're healing from something. And my cleanse is different than any other cleanse. And I've talked to Donna Gates about this and, you know, all of the, all of these guys who are focused on gut health. And so when you study respiratory cell chemistry, when you're thinking of the environment in the intestinal tract, you must have oxygen. And so if you have too much fermentation, which is what candida is, you snuff out the oxygen 
and it's replaced with fermentation. That's food for cancer. That's gas, that's bloating, that's constipation. We want to clear out all that fermentation. So I don't allow fermented foods until after the reseeding phase because I want to get a nice, healthy, thriving environment in there that's oxygenated. So, Mm. um, and kombucha comes in last. People who have a kombucha addiction... They got raging candida, you know, where you drink. It's not just like, oh, this kombucha makes me feel good. You feel like a little giddy and you maybe want to drink two of them a day or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so only, you know, after the reseeding phase is when I would add in the fermented foods and start to use those as you titrate off of probiotics and let your, your food do the rest of it. Okay. And so in a way, what you were saying Maybe I heard, misheard you, but uh, the fermented foods can be detrimental when you're healing to a certain extent? Potentially, yeah. Potentially, they can just delay. I mean, I wouldn't say detrimental, but um, they would still, they're going to try to actively work to digest your B vitamins and mm-hmm. I mean, to digest your food, rather, excuse me, and to manufacture vitamin K and things like that. But it's, it's like um, two steps forward, one step back. Right. So they're not going to be detrimental, but they're going to slow that healing process. If you kind of want to go as the crow flies and just do your cleanup work and then, you know, add all the good stuff in. It's like, you know, um, if your house is a disaster, right, you know, you got, you have to clean it up before you can decorate. When you move in, we'll use the moving analogy. You're really not going to go like, what's the first thing you're going to do? You have to unpack the kitchen and all those little things, even though it's way more fun to hang the pictures on the wall and do the the finishing touches, you you know, you, it's really not great to do it in reverse. Get the Ikea catalog and order everything. (laughs) Is that what you do? I, I'm an Ikea junkie, Krista. I love it. Um, I don't have the recycled boat yet, but I, one day I will. The yeah. oak wood table. <laughs> so I think we're on step four. Step four is then you heal the leaky gut. And so, of course, by slashing inflammation, by getting rid of pathogens, and by getting rid of pathogens in a responsible way, you're going to not produce excess leaky gut. By reseeding, you're going to start to heal the leaky gut. But then we focus on it. Like if you think of the lining of the small intestine, which is where we absorb all of our nutrients, think about it like a brick wall the majority of people have some of the mortar missing from their brick wall. So they've got toxins escaping through the lining of the intestine mm-hmm. that's dra- that's going to the bloodstream directly to the brain, and it's dragging down their spleen, which the spleen is responsible for clearing inappropriate matter out of the bloodstream. Yeah. And it should only work 40 hours a week. And when you have leaky gut, spleen has to work 80 hours a week. It's doing double time. There's no way you're going to feel good because your body's just struggling just to keep you at this basal level of health. And so we go in there, we use things like marshmallow root and still using our healing bone broth. I thought that was off. Popular. Popular. Someone really wants to get a hold of you. Yeah. Are those texts or is that a call? That is a call. Yeah. Okay. Um, My phone's on silent 90% of the time. It's almost shocking for me to hear the ring. Me too. Well, it's kind of, yeah, go for it. So, you know, on the leaky gut, then we use foods like okra and the nopal cactus. I don't know if you've heard of that. And we're using aloe. Yeah, not the nopal cactus. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, in Southern California, it's popular. I learned about it from a lot of my Mexican clients. It's kind of a Mexican delicacy, and it looks like a cactus, and you peel it, and it's got the sliminess, and they make um, either salads from it. It tastes really fresh, like aloe or soups. So I started incorporating that into my cooking, you know, once I started researching the benefits of it. So there's plenty of ways to use food as your medicine, and I also use a medicinal mushroom called lion's mane, which goes in there and closes those tight junk or, you know, goes in like caulking and really starts to heal it. And now you're informing your immune system really well. So then you can move into step five, which is rebuilding and rebalancing hydrochloric acid. Okay. And so it's a really smart approach where you're adding a lot of stuff in. Uh, So you eliminate it, you let it heal, and then you start adding and reintroducing some aids or kind of supplemental foods almost and um, really specific rebuilders uh, to get that wall up like you were talking about and then you start going after the hydrochloric acid which i know is a lot of problems in people and one thing i was shocked to realize is that a lot of people have kind of acid reflux or you know they they burp a lot or and then they go for the tums and they think they have too much hydrochloric acid but really um it's too little Correct. Yeah, you're right on it. Yes, exactly right. And so what do we do? Because we want that, you know, of course, we don't want to feel uncomfortable. We want relief right away. And we want to neutralize any acid. But yeah, we can do further damage of maybe not having the body produce HCL. So you can use simple things as something I call a ginger pickle where I take, I shred an entire root of ginger and then I squeeze the juice of an entire lemon and add Himalayan pink salt and keep that in a jar. And I have people chewing that before each meal for a matter of anywhere from two to three weeks. And then that's going to train your body to start producing more of its own HCL, which is what we want. Or I'll have them use raw apple cider vinegar to do that. Or sometimes if we're going to use supplements, we do what's called an HCL challenge where we take enough HCL until they get a burning sensation and then we back off. And I'm sure you've heard of that. And like, that's a way to train your body. Okay, this is the amount of HCL I need to make. And HCL is, are they the front lines of your gut health? And they're kind of like a fence around your immune system, keeping the bad stuff out. So when we're not producing enough HCL, that's kind of step one. And, uh, Yeah, so we take care of what's called the parietal cells. So those are the cells, they secrete HCL, but they also secrete what's called intrinsic factor, which helps us absorb our vitamin B12. And so that's why we're at the end of the line here. While you're going through the rest of the gut healing process, you're giving those cells a break. Just like if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't walk on it for a while, right? So that's why we're using enzymes. Hey, let's just give the body what it needs and keep that cast on the parietal cells. But when we've done this whole thing, we can take the cast off and now the body can do this on its own again because you never want to rely on supplements or just like we don't want to go relying on medications we don't want to have to rely on supplements in a perfect world krista i can't believe we've been talking for 40 minutes or so um we normally start kind of wrapping up the calls at this point but there's so many things i want to touch on and so many things i want to get to in that five-step process i mean uh, everything from leaky gut to inflammation to caffeine to uh you know back to candida it sounds like it's it's all in your program in a really intensive program so i want to give you like a chance to kind of tell us a little bit about what your program is about and why you put it together Yeah, we could talk about all this stuff for hours. I know you want to talk about caffeine and real quick before I jump into the program is you did ask me about caffeine before we we went live and 
you know, the implications of caffeine a little bit first thing in the morning is is fine, but like not to rely on it. And the, the idea of how caffeine negatively impacts gut health is it forces the secretion of cortisol, our stress hormone. And what happens is that the more cortisol that's produced, the thinner the lining of the gut. So you can see where it's kind of the beginning of the cascade. And then mm. when we're relying on it all the time, we're driving up cortisol. So we're putting ourselves in, you know, adrenal fatigue phase one adrenal fatigue, and then you're contributing to that leaky gut and kind of lowering your own immunity. So, hey, I love espresso and Americanos. Nothing wrong with that a couple of times a week. It's just finding balance with it. And, and question, follow up on that. Is it the caffeine or is it the coffee? Like which, what if you have like green tea that has caffeine in it or, you know, a dark black tea that's got a lot of caffeine or even, God forbid, someone's drinking soda. Is it the caffeine itself or is it more of a coffee specific issue? Um, You know, it's twofold. And I'm glad you brought that up, Clark, because coffee, it could be the acidity. So coffee and black tea will, in excess, will thin the lining of the gut. But green tea will not do that. Um, Mm. It's not not acidic and it's more alkaline forming. And green tea doesn't drive up cortisol as much because it also contains an amino acid called L-theanine, which binds to uh, glutamate in the brain and will will pull down inflammation. So it can make you feel calm and energized at the same time. So you're not getting that same hormonal push. Okay, so green tea is superior to coffee if we're looking to make kind of a lateral shift. You want to make a shift? Yeah, you can do maybe coffee, organic coffee should always be organic. But then maybe every other day, coffee and green tea, or if you really need the amount of caffeine, because you know, green tea's got a lot less caffeine, you could use yerba mate, which comes from Argentina, and that tastes like a combination of green tea and Mm, I don't know, it's a little earthier tasting, yeah. but it does have the same amount of caffeine, not as acidic, not going to cause as much of the cortisol release, and it has amino acids in it as well. So there's some nutritional value there. Okay. So <laughs> your, your program yeah. real quick, um, it, it, I had a chance to kind of look on your website and get a gist of what it's about. And I'm, I'm assuming we spoke about a lot of what's in there, obviously a SparkNote version on this call, but dive into it. What do you go through? How long does it last? And what is, who's it for? It's for anybody who wants to clean up their digestive health and their immune health. And that same function that I talked about, it's just like we changed the oil in our cars and our cars wouldn't function without it. So it's to, to give yourself a digestive overhaul. And it lasts anywhere from six to 10 weeks. And your spit test is going to determine how long you stay on the cleanse and also how long you may have not felt well. You know, if you've been struggling for years, you want to equate about a month of healing for every year you've been struggling within the cleanse. We can usually cut that in half. Um, and so you start off with that same process. We're shifting the diet, go through foods to eat, foods to avoid, your meal plans, cooking for convenience to make it doable in your life. And then we move into the pathogen purge. And then, you know, you're on that for about four weeks, but you're making sure the bowels are flowing. You're making sure the liver is getting a lot of love and attention and looking at all the other parts of immune health. 
And then we go through that reseeding phase and help you figure out, okay, what's the right amount and type of probiotics for where you are exactly? And your process is going to determine that. So we want to customize it. So that's what that the cleanse is, is from six to 10 weeks. And, you know, I created it because I just started attracting all these people one-on-one and, and right. we couldn't handle it anymore. And there's only so much you can do one-on-one. It's like, why don't I offer this at a fraction of the price and create a program, something people can go through on their own and get the same benefit and help a lot of people at the same time. So, And it looks well yeah. done. It looks well put together. You obviously know your stuff and uh, very articulate in the way you are able to um, put it out there. And so I'm, ass- I'm assuming your product, I haven't looked it over or anything like that, but I'm assuming it would be uh, along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you, you've got to make it work for people. And I think that's the, the biggest thing when you create a program is having a, a decade of private practice experience. It's like, okay, how do you move people towards action and motivation and inspiration in, you know, instead of, oh, I have to do this and make it simple enough so that it's like, okay, I'm very clear with what I need to do and kind of move forward. So yeah, we've had, um, we've had about three, three, 4,000 people go through the online program. Wow. And so great success there. And we've basically answered every question there is to answer about Candida. And yeah. it's a great privilege. It's a great privilege to use the power of the internet to, to help people um, on a bigger scale. Three to 4,000 is huge. Good for you. Uh, what, so what else on your website and where can people get a hold of you and, and find out more about your work and what you do? You can find everything about me at thewholejourney.com. And um, there's the Candida information there. But, you know, I'm doing video all the time. I have a couple of TV shows and they're both focused on actionable items. It's a lot of free content that breaks all this down. If you're interested in it, I think you could get a full nutrition education by heading over there and and watching the videos. We've gotten a lot of people say, you know, I couldn't afford to do your program, but I watched all your videos and I'm 30 pounds lighter and my cholesterol is normal and my lab work is coming back great. And so that's Mm. what we aim to to provide there at thewholejourney.com. Krista, open door. You're welcome to come back on the show anytime. You killed it. This is awesome. Thank you, Clark. You were awesome. It's great to meet you. Thank you.